Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Grumpy Young Men on the Believe Network. I am Jason Waller here with my co-host, Alex Meschi. Join us as we take a real look at reality. What up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Grumpy Young Men. Uh, Alex, how you doing, bro? Doing well, man. How are you? I'm good, man. This weather today is uh, throwing me for a loop. It yeah, was all it's... beautiful yesterday, nice and sunny, and it's it's like earthquake earthquake weather today. Yeah, and it's not cold, but it's it's still sticky outside. Yeah. Weird. But um, anyways, welcome back. Uh, happy belated Father's Day. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Yeah, I hope you had a nice weekend with the family and uh, with your pops and with your daughter, which is kind of a new... Uh, routine for you now every year huh it is it is it uh dude it's incredible being a dad that's for sure i really really enjoy it that's good well i'm glad that uh, you feel that way because i think that's what we're going to talk about this week a little bit um Uh just because of some thoughts that happened over the weekend and kind of looking at you know how life was when we were growing up and looking around how father's day was and our interaction with our parents versus parents today and how they interact with kids and essentially how they're raising them um but I'm going to leave you with this uh, shower thought to start around M&Ms. Okay. I believe trail mix is purely for the sake of being able to eat M&Ms and not feeling guilty about it. Guilty pleasure. Right? Is that why you got so much trail mix? That's why I have so many peanuts and almonds left behind. God, it makes sense, dude. <laughs> okay. I like that. I like that. Well, hey, to bring it back too, from uh, last week, you know about the Bronco? Yeah. Uh, and OJ, they actually... Uh, they actually got heat for it, I believe, and and now they are switching the release date. Yeah, I saw a mention on that, and it's kind of one of those things. It's like, come on, Ford, you know better. <laughs> you definitely knew his birthday was it was that day, dude. Like, right? as Alex said last week, what a great marketing team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was all it was all done on purpose. Anyways, so so parenting, dude. Yeah. Uh, geez. Let's get into it on parenting. And and kind of the reason why I want to talk about this is that while you and I, we've grown up together for a very long time, I feel like we're at not completely different places in our life, but more so completely different places in our uh, family or like lifestyles, right? With you being a dad and a husband, um, having a little girl to go home to, and me being on the single side, still kind of, uh, I guess living in my uh, Jason moments from way back when getting a taste of that. But um, I feel like looking around society and looking around social media and even looking at schools today, the way that kids are brought up and even the way that kids interact with each other is completely different. And the thing that kind of spurred this thought is remembering back to when uh, you were living in Nellie Gale and I would come over and we had the tree house and trampoline and a pool and a go-kart and like all these you know, death trap things that kids today never get to play with. Right. Uh, But more so we were always playing outside. You know, we were active, we were social. We had other friends in the neighborhood that would come over and join us. Uh, One special lady named Angela that I remember traumatizing her with cap guns. Um, Sorry about that. I've already apologized for it. Hopefully you actually accept it. But um, today I feel like kids are very much so isolated. And you mentioned a quote earlier that I think hit real head on. And that was around being seen and heard. Yeah. Well, definitely back in the day, kids were seen and not heard. And now they are heard, but not seen. Yeah. So that's a funny statement because looking at my childhood, 
I remember the one time I was in Toys R Us with my dad and I threw a tantrum and the uh, punishment that came after that made it so that I learned my lesson, never did that again. Whereas looking at parents today, it's almost like you're trying to let the fire burn itself out in terms of tantrums and kids misbehaving. Now, my question to you being a relatively new parent, being you know a few years, why do you think things have shifted or become that way? Well, real quick, what do you mean by that? So I feel like parents were more hands-on in regards to um, you know behavior correction. So it's like you know our parents they didn't try to talk sense into us. They corrected the situation. We learned our lesson. We were grounded. Uh, it was sometimes a bit more physical, but not in an abusive way. It was just a matter of, Hey, you're not supposed to be doing that. We don't act like that. And today I feel like it's more so parents are almost trying to convince their child to not act a certain way when it's not seen as being, um, appropriate, you know, like right. in a public space or something. But when I see kids basically starfish on a grocery floor, which first of all is probably one of the dirtiest places you could ever lie on. Right. The parents are standing around almost helpless while this kid's just screaming and crying because they wanted some Oreos or something. And me thinking back to when I was a kid, I don't think I would ever even dare to do that with my parents. I mean, my dad was, for the most part, um, like who raised me from day to day. I'm definitely a daddy's boy. But the only thing is when my mom would get activated in regards to like being in trouble, that was worse than my dad. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Now, nowadays, it's almost like kids are playing their parents against each other and you have a good cop, bad cop, and kids more or less get their way. 100%. And I think that's where, let me ask you a question too, just to clarify for our listeners. In regards to, you know, the being seen and not heard versus being heard and not seen, how do you interpret that? Well, I mean... From a very surface level interpretation, I would argue that as a kid, you know, my dad would take me everywhere. I was very present uh, with my parents, um, but I didn't talk. I, I was very polite, reserved, quiet. I mean, yes, I was more of a shy person, more introverted, still kind of am today. Um, but I would say that today, you know, whether you want to call it the, uh, false curtain of social media or whatever. A lot of people have voices and nobody really puts a face to the voice anymore. It's just like a chat handle or a screen name or a little thumbnail picture. It's people are more vocal, um, but not in a visible sense. Right? No. I, okay. For sure. So with that being said, when you make the statement about kids being seen versus heard today, uh, compared to back then, where are you coming from being the young parent, um, and, you know, having that full family and having your wife and, and a three-year-old daughter running around who is growing up in a time that I would argue is completely different than when we were growing up. Oh, it is completely different. I mean, everything that you just said about our childhood from, you know, being outside, being at the pool, you know, go-karts, you know, scooters, bikes, skate parks, you know, you name it, paintball, like we did everything we were young and it's just, it's, it's clearly not the same today. And I think with the whole being seen and and not heard is more of like obviously observing and making sure everything's okay, uh, but obviously them not dictating what it is that they are wanting or you know hoping to get right. So versus now where it's 
the kids are basically controlling and manipulating the situations to get whatever they want. Where back in the day, it was like, no, I know you're okay and like you're safe, but like I'm the one that's uh, implementing the morals and the values and instilling, uh, you know, what you can and can't do. Basically, setting boundaries and giving parameters and guidelines. So it sounds like you're taking the more kind of, I mean, for lack of better terms, old school approach like our parents did. Well, yeah, but that's that's my interpretation of the the scene I heard. But it's also how I incorporate, you know the, the, the way I raised Delilah a hundred percent, because, you know, it's, I know what you're saying and it's, it's hard though, too. I mean, having, having a child and going through the motions and trying to do what's right and what's wrong. Like, thank God I had a, you know, parents that, you know, raised me right and, and instilled a lot of those good morals and those good values. And I, I want to, you know, hand those down to my daughter. Uh, but it definitely can get challenging at time. Um, but I think it's, it's all comes down to communication. It's super important. Like with your, your significant other, like my wife, me and her, like we have to be on the same page with, with everything because Delilah, she's only three, not even three yet. She'll be three in August. And you can already tell she's trying to manipulate the situation. She knows that dad's like the Disneyland dad and like usually will give her, you know, whatever she wants. And, and now I just didn't think that she would be able to do that at such a young age where me and Ashley are like, okay, like we got to, she's starting to manipulate us now. So let me ask you the hard question then based on what you remember in terms of how, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Waller were raising Jason versus how Mr. And Mrs. Waller are now raising Delilah. What's the biggest difference that you've seen in terms of parenting technique? Oh man. Um, or what's the most polarizing thing that you're most mindful about? I should say. God, I mean, the thing I'm most mindful of is, is Delilah being kind, uh, respectful. Uh, you know, we've, I'm like so happy we instilled manners in her at a very young age. I mean, she says, please, thank you for, for everything. And I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of what we're instilling in Delilah was really the way my parents raised me. I don't think it's much different. And I think I would, I think I could speak for Ashley as well. She was raised very similar. Um, and we both have those same beliefs. So I think it's, we, we're not really changing much, um, for the most part. So, uh, sounds like you're basically passing down what your parents instilled in you into Delilah. So, then adding in the layer of distraction or distortion around like technology, for example. So I know there's been issues in the past with YouTube and some uh, materials that have shown up on YouTube under the guise of kids content or whatever that's been borderline um, offensive, you know, and or uh, cringeworthy completely. So I, I guess the second question is then with social media, Facebook, uh, you know, TikTok, all these uh, distractions, right? Um, how do you foresee yourself managing that in regards to parenting? And before you answer, uh, the basis of that question has to do with something that my dad used to always tell me. And what he would say is I can do absolutely everything in my power to make sure that you're raised properly, but it all goes out the window as soon as you're outside. Right. And the idea behind that is that when she's in school or, you know, with other people or friends, that's usually where influences start to happen. Right. And we've seen it where kids go out with friends, come home, start being rebellious, this, that, giving attitude to the parents, where the parents from the entire get go are just looking out for the well being of their child. Right. The kids obviously looking to fit in. There's uh, social interactions, this, that. Um, 
you know, boys, girls, what have you, especially during high school, I went through it. And now at the age of 32, I'm starting to realize, man, if I just listened to my parents when I was younger, I'd be so much better off. Right. Uh, how do you yeah, see how do you see these uh, challenges and how do you see you and Ashley overcoming them or what precautions are you putting into place to make sure that they don't completely just take over? Simple, bro. Homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm just kidding. Um, look, when it comes to like technology and stuff, um, you know, we're we're super limited on even letting Delilah, you know, watch TV, you know have an iPad or any of that stuff. I mean, if, if she does have any of that, it's always educational. I mean, or, you know, a cartoon that we obviously approve of. Um, but I'm at a place right now. And again, is, is we're taking it day by day, you know, and especially as things are evolving and things become so much more accessible, we're constantly learning, but in general, I mean, I'm at a place where, I mean, I don't even want to hear her having a, you know, a phone, like like an iphone or a you know just uh what do you call these things now smartphone a smartphone yeah mm -hmm. smartphone uh until she's like in her te like late teens like 16 17 years old um i just I, if she wants to communicate she can freaking get a pager she can get a flip phone i think just going back to some of those things i mean i i had the phone i had in high school was like the nokia snake phone you know what i mean that was like kind of like one of the first their, their time but i was a sophomore or junior, but phones weren't nearly as distracting as they, I mean, we didn't have any of the social stuff. I mean, we had AOL, you dial up and you go chat yeah. at night. It's like, dude, why don't you just call somebody? <laughs> um, but I mean, that was, so we were on the very, very beginning of that, that, that age, but you know, look, dude, I mean, we, we, we see it. I mean, what these things are doing and, and I mean, technology, the influences, I mean, look at all the bullying, look at the people killing themselves, look at, you know, uh, the, the, the average age of first time use of substances at 11 and a half years old. Like, Obviously, there's a lot of great things that come from technology, but there's also a lot of things that can cause a lot of harm. And I think it's it's really instilling and teaching those things. Like you dad, your dad said, I mean, we can, you only can do so much at your house and do things like that. But it's also leading by example, you know. And I think it's it's not only talking the talk, but making sure you're walking the walk. And and uh, we're already starting at Delilah at a young age with just instilling routines and different uh, mannerisms. I mean, like for, for every meal we have, we pray. She knows. And it's so funny. Some, like one time we were kind of just rushing. We sat down. We start, We all started to eat. And she goes, wait, we got to pray. Mm -hmm. And it was so, I mean, it's just like those little things. And I know that's kind of going all over the place with this. But because there's not, there's not a simple fix to this because she is three. I mean, times are going to change so much in the next year five years 10 years so it's just going to be it's going to be uh constantly educating ourselves and i think it's it's just doing the best we can putting one foot in front of the other um but i'm i'm really more of uh less is more and i think that you know kind of going back to the the way we were raised is really what i want to divert to um because i'm not happy with what i see in the younger generation in this day and age yeah, I totally agree with you there. Uh, honestly, you know, getting into the deep things about talking about having kids and stuff. One of my biggest fears around having kids and starting a family is looking the way that society is in regards to like social media and the bullying, right? There is no way for you to protect your child from that because at the end of the day, they'll get access to it either through you and you buying them the smartphone or they're going to go to a friend's house. Um, I mean, it was it, I remember very vividly when I was what 11 and my parents, you know, it was right around the time where broadband internet and even internet was kind of a new thing. And, um, 
my parents put the fear of God into me to not, you know, break the rules at the house or anything that they would find out. Next thing you know, I'm busted, right? And I had a friend that just got brand new Cox internet, high speed, this, that, around 11, 12, starting to go through puberty. And it's like, hey, let's look up some bikini pictures, right? Yeah, bro. And that became like what I would do with that friend. You know, at first it started, hey, we're going to go build model rockets, this, that. Now we're looking at bikini photos on his computer. And then somehow I got left behind in high school and he started working for JPL his senior year. So it's like, okay, maybe I should have listened to my parents and stuck on the same path. And I could be a rocket scientist or doing something a little bit more productive with my life. But hey, it's all a learning lesson, right? No, 100%, dude. But it's also, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's also terrifying to, to be a to be a parent too at this time. You know, I mean, I, I, we never did uh, campaigns or awareness. You know, I, I just did a PSA a couple of years ago around uh, raising money for bulletproof doors for mm. elementary schools. It was just like the time that we're in is is beyond with the influences that they have. You know, at school and their peers and different stuff like that. It's just the world that we live in today is so different. Yeah, it's uh, very different. And it's 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 kind of scary, man. I mean, you know, that's a big thing is like you want to do everything you can to protect your kid and to set the best example. And I think, again, is like the one thing you asked me going back to your question about like what is the most polarizing thing like that, you know, I want to instill in Delilah is 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 going to be uh, all the things I said plus um, communication. I mean, like we're definitely going to over communicate and educate prevention, um, you know, and have those conversations and letting, I want, we want to be the safe place that she can come to and talk to. And we want to build that rapport. Don't want her to, you know, be that those parents that like, oh, I don't want to tell them anything or this or that. Like, you know, we want to try to have that connection. And, um, you know, like I think both of us had with our parents. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, I just want to play devil's advocate real quick because, you know, when it comes to social media, it's one of those things that it can be a very powerful tool when used correctly. It can be very detrimental to your life, well-being, mental health when not used correctly. Um, and it also gives essentially anybody a, a platform and or voice to reach just about anybody in the world, right? Now, I, I hear what you're saying in regards to that you and Ashley become kind of like the limiting factor in what Delilah is able to be exposed to or not. Now, playing devil's advocate, have you ever considered and or are you prepared for the conversation around social media when it gets flipped back on you guys? Because you guys have a pretty decent following on social media and you guys are on it. I wouldn't say like obsessively you're on it to maintain your brand image and, you know, with the stuff with TV and everything, just kind of keeping it going and showing your fans and audience what you guys are up to. But when she comes back with the, but you're on it, then how do you see yourself tackling that? I mean, one is I don't even like time that she's at a place where she gets social media. And, and I mean, whether it's three years, five years, or, you know, or whenever she comes privy to it and wants to have it, one is, well, I, I, that's, that's fine that you want it, but you're not going to get it. And, uh, <laughs> the fact that I'm your dad and I'm an adult, I mean, when you're, when you're, you know, we can talk about it down the road when you get it, but even Ashley and I, everything that we've been through, like I said, Ashley deleted her Instagram. Like we both are, we are seeing the negative sides of it and we are really kind of stepping away from engaging in it so much because it is very addictive and like, dude, it can suck you in. I mean, I used, I used to be on it all the time and I was like, I, I just basically made myself more aware and more mindful of like how much it was deterring uh, from my day-to-day -day activity. And um, I don't want to be like that. And I, I think it's, it's even if Delilah sees, you know, and she's around us uh, it's again, going leading by example, right. Is, is 
when I do it, it's, it's very limited. Do it at the office, you know, don't do it around her. Um, and show that it doesn't control my life and it's not something that I'm, you know, constantly on. Like when she sees us on the phone, it's usually just because we're on, we're on the phone literally with on a phone call, uh, or replying to texts and we already are communicating that stuff with her, um, from doing that or taking pictures and kind of just limiting it to that. But it's a great question. I mean, when she says that, obviously, I mean, the way I look at it is until they're an adult, I mean, they're living under our roof and what we say goes. Yeah, you know, I I think there's some people out there that don't necessarily believe that. But I would say that I firmly believe, you know, my dad instilled that, hey, my house, my rules, you're welcome to do whatever you want out there on your own time, on your own dime, right? Uh, But I was fortunate enough that my only stipulation growing up is that my parents were willing to take care of anything, even uh, through college financially, as long as I was taking care of what my job was, which was school and baseball, right? Uh, but it's nice to see, and it's also refreshing to see uh, how you being a younger father in this social climate is sticking to your tradition and your guns of your family, right? Um, and passing down that tradition for her to then pass down. Where I feel similar to your statement of uh, you know being seen versus heard, a lot of kids are dictating what their parents are doing. They're screaming until they get their way, and it's almost like the retail mentality, right? About 10 years ago, there was this whole theory that if you're in a store, you're not getting your way. They're not returning your thing. You're not getting your discount. If you scream loud enough, you'll eventually get your way. We've dubbed a term around that. They're called Karens, right? Let me talk to your manager. Uh, Well, that's essentially what kids have become, and they're running their parents. And it seems like a lot of these parents, due to one reason or another, maybe they're on social media or they're working, they're busy, this, that, whatever. They'd rather take the instant gratification solution of just succumbing to whatever the kid is asking for or screaming about rather than actually stepping up to the plate and having to parent the child and explaining this is why you're not having it. You know, and communicating that, um, like one of our good buddies, Richie, does, in my opinion, does a phenomenal job explaining to his child why she can't have what she's getting, right? Um, now, the first time I heard him talking like that, I'm going, this kid's not going to even be able to understand half the words you're saying, you know, right. with the vocabulary. But the way that he was conveying the tone and the energy, like, it wasn't argumentative. It wasn't defensive. It wasn't my way or the highway. It's straight an explanation as to why what's happening is happening. Yeah. And when I saw that, I'm going, I've never seen that before. That's yeah. amazing. Versus what I'm seeing at the local, you know, Whole Foods or Best Buy or whatever. You just see a kid on the floor face down until he gets that new Nintendo Switch or, you know, the candy or cakes or cookies or whatever. And the parents are just on their phone, just trying to get through their day and get back home so they can watch uh, The Bachelor and drink their glass of wine. Yeah. And well, I think a big part of that is, is, you know, we live in this false sense of reality where I think the parents are so disconnected from reality that, you know, it's hard for them to be in the moment and be present. And they're so distracted with everything that's going on. They're so busy that they're prone to instant gratification. So not only are they wanting to give the kid the instant gratification, but it's for themselves. So I think it's, it's monkey see monkey do. I think it's, they're in their own state. I don't think a parent that's in a healthy state of mind, that's in the moment, mindful and present, uh, is going to be sitting there distracted by their phone or other things, letting their kid do that. Because I mean, you do see the parents who are, you know, sometimes you just have a bad day. So don't get me wrong. It's not like we're perfect parents over here. I mean, there's times where I've just Delilah was driving me so insane where I've, she's gotten her way. But, you know, nine out of 10 times, it, that doesn't happen. Um, and it's it's setting the boundaries and, and laying down the, the rules, you know? So 
Uh, and I think that comes back to if that's going on in your life. I know that's something like, again, looking back at what me and Ashley had to do is to check ourselves this last during this quarantine and during COVID and, uh, is, is, are we being the example? Because your kids are going to be a direct reflection of your, of you, you're a product of your environment. So the way your kids are acting, the way they're behaving, you know, they're just like sponges. So they're just, they're, they're basically throwing up what, what they're seeing. So you mentioned the quarantine and everything. Do you think the quarantine helped or I guess, how did it help your, your parenting over the quarantine? Quarantine for us, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's either made them or bro- broken them. Um, right. There's a lot of people that are going through divorces, relational problems, or there's a lot of people having babies. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's crazy because I think this this time really oper- it, it the world slowed down and it kind of forced us to be in a place where we had to slow down and it allotted more time for Delilah and Ashley and I to really spend one on one time and bond and you know we got creative we did a lot of different you know outdoor activities indoor activities uh, and and just bonded you know and and that's something that for me is I'm so grateful that all this happened because I firmly believe that life is all about the love you have, the memories you create and the legacy you leave behind. And this last couple months was literally some of the greatest memories were created. Uh, and that's something that I'll be able to take with me forever. And I've literally changed, you know, from this whole quarantine thing, I've literally changed a lot of the way I look at things, not only from the self-reflection on myself and what I'm doing, but the time that I spend with my daughter, the time that I spend with Ashley, like I'll just give you a, a few takeaways uh, that I wasn't doing before quarantine that I'm doing now is every Tuesday night, Ashley and I are going on a date night. We haven't done that in years. Uh, I'm doing a whole program with a mentor, self-reflecting on on myself and, and shrinking my circle and surrounding myself with like-minded individuals, same morals, same values. Uh, and uh, people that that not only can help me, but I can help them. Um, and the other thing is, is, uh, uh, is, is spending more time with my parents, um, on a weekly basis, we, we go to their house and do a barbecue now. So it's like, it's really kind of, I got three cherries out of that, that should have been in there no matter what, but just life gets so busy and you don't do those things. Yeah. I feel like quarantine to your point gave us the ability to kind of choose our own destiny, right? And when I say that, uh, it's more so looking at and reflecting on what I'm seeing some of my friends doing. And I feel like we all had an opportunity to either self-reflect and grow and be constructive or focus on everything that's been going on, uh, whether it's the news or in your community or this or that, and be destructive. And when I say destructive, I don't mean that in the total absolute negative sense of we're you know lighting cities on fire and stuff, but more so people are choosing to stew on that rather than take an action or some sort of approach into bettering them you know, personally, right? Uh, even looking at myself during this quarantine at first, yeah, it was rough. I felt like my entire livelihood was ripped from me. I couldn't do any activities, right? Right. Uh, not only that was having some other uh, personal relationship stuff that was adding to the fire. And eventually I got to a point where I was basically put out, right? So that was where I hit my crossroad. And it's either I can sit there and stew in it or we take action and do something about it. And I chose action. And as a result, you know, I literally had a phone call today and someone asked me how I was doing. I go, to be perfectly honest, I'm probably better than even before quarantine. My mood's lifted. Everything's working. 
my relationship with my friends are better. I cut out a few bad apples that were nothing but just negative energy. And, you know, going back to internal and external control factors, I feel like I've gotten back to a very neutral uh, spot, which to me is healthy because there's the relief and lack of actual stress, right? Correct. Plus, in realizing my lifestyle, my well-being, what activities I really enjoy doing that don't involve going somewhere or spending money, right? And I'm basically having to choose my own destiny. I'm spending a lot more time outdoors. And as a result, I'm healthier than I was before. I'm happier than I was before. I'm communicating with my neighbors and we actually set up a community golf day. So we're all going golfing together. And there's like six of us going that we're all neighbors. We got a barbecue set up. So it's like, it's allowed me to basically replug in and reconnect with my neighbors, my friends, my family, and just myself. So basically what I hear you saying is almost like in the cycle before quarantine is you were literally living to work, you know, as opposed to working to live. And I mean, just to, to put it into perspective, I mean, it, it, you needed to take a, a moment and step back and get creative and see that there's a lot more to life than you were just in this kind of motion. I think all of us were, we we're just kind of in this, I felt like I was in this, this re- vicious cycle that uh i thought it was just going with emotion and things were good but i was really missing out on a lot because i was i was so uh distracted yeah and i'll put it on the table when i was going through the motions it was it got rough you know it there were times where you know you're lying in bed and you just don't want to do anything there's nothing to do and it makes it even worse and then finally it's like you know what we're over here talking in the mental health space about you know taking direction and this and that. So it's like, all right, time to take some of my own cough medicine. And it paid off. Like we always preach and talk about. So that's where I feel like COVID was definitely beneficial for me, uh, really getting in touch with myself and, um, you know, going back to the talk on parenting and stuff, I, I feel like it was almost like that hard reset that, basically forced people to reevaluate everything. And those that did are much healthier, happier, successful, they're growing. And those that, uh, for lack of better words, are, became complacent because of it, because they just shut down well, or drove into the negativity became they're in the exact same place where they started. Oh, if not worse. Hey, this is great, dude. I really like that. But in closing, I would like to ask producer Ryan, you know, cause you're married. Uh, are you guys planning yes. on, ha- are you guys planning on having kids? Eventually, probably in probably not anytime soon, but in the next couple of years, probably. What's your overall take on what we were just discussing? Do you I, have Do you have fear? I mean, like you know, do you agree, disagree? Well, the the dif- the kind of the difference is, you know, at this point in our our life, I think we're both kind of at the spot where, at least for me, I have no i like I wouldn't have no idea how to be a parent, and it kind of scares me and gives me anxiety thinking about it, <laughs> but. You know, with that being said, it would bring people closer together with quarantine. Like for my particular family, the in-laws and I, in this quarantine, I learned how to play craps just from the start. And now every weekend we're doing a whole like casino craps night over at the in-laws. Nice, which, which man. something we never would have done before. You know, as the parent, parenting style, it's it's good to hear. I, I think you're right. I think a lot of people, it was make or break. And some people either, you know, found out they they weren't as good as they thought they were. And then some people just took it in stride and got it, got even better and enjoyed the time for the hard reset, you know? Good stuff, man. Alex, great, uh, great topic today. I really liked that. Yeah. I thought it was something that was definitely, uh, enlightening, especially like I said, you know, you're 
a younger father and me, I'm not a father at all. And Ryan's hopefully soon to be, uh, maybe hopefully not depending on what he's wanting. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Right. But no, I I thought it was very interesting and this is, uh, unprecedented in our lifetime. You know, I, I don't think we'll ever go through or I hope we never go through anything as similar to this, but who really knows, right? Well, yeah. Again, I think I've said it almost every episode. I think a lot of what we're dealing with in today's world is the lack of parenting. Um, so I think there could definitely be a lot more uh, mentors and structure in life and uh, parent figures that could uh, really hold their kids accountable um, and show them what's right from wrong. So good episode. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on another week of Grumpy Young Men on the Believe Network. And we'll see you next week. You. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.